Welcome to God With Us with Pastor Daniel Hahn of the Pittsburgh Tri-Parish Lutheran Churches. It is indeed a great blessing to have you here with us today as we continue to share the exciting truths that are alive in the Word of God. The question today is, are you in or out? God wants all people to be saved, but some sadly turn away. In today's sermon, Pastor Han considers the fallen apostle Judas and his replacement Matthias as both a warning and encouragement as we follow Jesus. Let's join Pastor Han now on today's edition of God With Us. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, we are so grateful to you for your gracious calling of us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for bringing us to faith, for helping us to know your son, for keeping us in the faith. As we think upon his word today, enlighten us, cause us to grow, strengthen us in faith, equip us to serve. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our reading today is from the book of Acts, chapter 1. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days Peter stood up among the brothers, the company of persons was in all about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man bought a field with the reward of his wickedness. And falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that the field was called in their own language, a keldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two. Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside 
to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. This is our text. Grace and peace to each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen and gloriously ascended Savior. Amen. Count me in. As many of you know, I seldom like any music that has been written after the 17th century. However, I do have a soft spot for the song, When the Saints Go Marching In. It's often performed by jazz musicians, but it began its life as a spiritual song about that day when God's redeemed will be gathered to him in his eternal kingdom. Lord, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Our reading from the book of Acts today tells the tale of two followers of Jesus Christ, one who was counted out and the other who was counted in. I speak, of course, of Judas, who was chosen to be an apostle but became a traitor to Jesus, and about Matthias, who became an apostle in Judas's place. It's my prayer as we reflect upon these two men that they might become windows through which we might see Jesus Christ the better, and that their stories will, be both, will provide both warning and encouragement in our own calling to follow the Savior. We begin with Judas, whose story we know. He is the disciple turned traitor who betrayed Jesus into the hands of his enemies for 30 pieces of silver. Now there have been many attempts, both ancient and modern, to rehabilitate Judas's reputation and explain his actions in some kind of sympathetic way, but the scriptures uh, ascribe his behavior and his betrayal to greed, greed for gain, and to the working of Satan within him, an influence that he apparently did not resist. And despite all speculation, that Judas may have repented later and been saved, since his crime of killing Jesus is no worse than our sins by which we have done the same, still, it does seem clear that Judas was not saved. Jesus, in his prayer to the Father, in John 17, says, not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. If Jesus declares Judas to be lost to him, we may safely assume that he is lost indeed. Still, there are things worth noting in the tragic life and death of Judas that again tell us something both about Jesus and ourselves. One of the things that strikes me is the pity and love that Jesus always displayed in his interactions with Judas. In his prayer to the Father that I just quoted, the Lord shows deep sorrow at the loss of Judas. He doesn't just write Judas off. It breaks his heart that Judas has chosen another way. For as he says through Ezekiel, the Lord has no pleasure 
in the death of the wicked, but desires that they might turn from their way and live. In all of his interactions with Judas, Jesus never shows anger or bitterness toward him. Rather, we see his tenderness and love, though it is tinged with sadness. At the Last Supper, when the betrayer asks, Is it I, Rabbi? He replies simply, You have said so, and tells him what you are going to do, do quickly. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Judas leads a band of armed men to arrest him, Jesus does not rebuke him in anger, but says meekly, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Jesus speaks tenderly to Judas because he cares for him and because the call of Jesus to Judas was sincere. Judas was actually an apostle, one of the twelve. Now John tells us that Jesus knew from the beginning that Judas would betray him, but that knowledge of his betrayal was not the cause of the betrayal. Judas did that all on his own, freely choosing that course of action despite the Lord's true desire that he would repent and be saved. That means Judas was the sole author of his own damnation, even as every person who is or will be condemned to hell is so, not by God's will, but by their own guilt and fault alone. Judas, the fallen apostle, serves as a sobering, cautionary tale for all who would consider him. Was he so much more wicked than you and I are? Was his sin so much greater? I think it's safe to say that his sin is really no different than that of St. Peter, who denied Christ three times. Betrayal, denial. Six of one, half a dozen of the other, same, same. But Judas's sin comes without repentance and without faith. Even in utter despair and near that time when he would take his life, he persisted in the path that diverged from the one that Jesus had called him to walk in. And so again, to quote Peter, ends up in his own place. That warning is that we, here is that we ought to give careful thought to our own life and our own choices. We might want to consider if we aren't setting off on a path that is veering away from the path that God has called us to follow in Jesus Christ. We should not presume that because we are baptized or because our name is on the church register that we are somehow immune then from falling away from Christ and being lost to him. This is why Jesus prays earnestly for all his disciples that we might abide in his word and so abide in him. Through Judas, we see also the sincere, sincere and wonderful mercy of God. We see the, the heart of Jesus who truly loves sinners, even Judas, even you, even me.
Jesus wants with all of his being that we should be his, now and forever. And even when we have traveled a long, long way down a path that departs from him, he never stops desiring our return and calling us to return. And he's never going to stop seeking and desiring the repentance of those who are separated from him until that moment when it's too late, when life is ended and the opportunity for repentance is past and when the lost are truly lost forever. When it comes to being a part of God's saints and sharing in what Jesus prepared for those who love him, Judas, to the sorrow of God's heart, said, count me out. But it is written in the book of Psalms, let another take his office. As the apostles met together in the aftermath of our Savior's resurrection and ascension, and as they prepared for the promised outpouring of the Holy Spirit who would speed them in their work of witness, the twelve found themselves a man short, and they set about finding a replacement. They named the qualifications for that replacement, one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. In other words, a man who could be with them an eyewitness to Jesus and his resurrection. And they put forward two candidates, a man called Joseph and another named Matthias. And praying to God, they cast lots and Matthias was chosen and he was counted in among the apostles. Now, I can't say I've ever given a whole lot of thought to Matthias before this past week. I knew he was there. But I never thought about what a strange situation he found himself in, to be elevated as he was and under the circumstances that he was. First of all, it's, it's not like he was some Johnny-come-lately to the group. He was there from the beginning, hiding in the background in that larger group of followers that went, went around with Jesus and the Twelve. And I wonder if Matthias felt a little strange at being something of a second-choice apostle. But maybe worse than that, I wonder what it felt like to be a second-choice to Judas. What was it like to hold an office that was so despoiled and so shamed by the person who held it before him? But then I think about it more and realize that the call of Matthias as an apostle was never an afterthought. He was, in fact, never a second choice apostle. It's only that his being chosen by Christ was made known a little bit later than the others. Just like Jesus always knew that Judas would betray him, Jesus always knew that Matthias would complete the number of the 12 and be counted as an apostle. Jesus knew that even when Matthias did not. The departure of Judas had indeed not been a part of what Jesus wanted. But the inclusion of Matthias was. And just like any calling from God, the call of Matthias was one of undeserved grace and favor from Jesus. 
in the same way our own baptismal calling in Christ, at whatever time in our life that happened, we were never second choices. But we're always known to God and chosen by God, even chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, as the scriptures say. And God's choice, in fact, led us to saving faith and into the loving arms of him who bought us. And like Matthias, our calling then is one of undeserved grace, favor, and love in Jesus Christ. There's also something incredibly timely about the call of Matthias. It comes at that critical moment right before the work of the church is to begin in earnest. He may have been called later than the others, but his calling is at just the right time in God's perfect plan. We might think about Esther, who was raised up as queen of Persia for such a time as this. And so Matthias was chosen and called of God at just the right time. And indeed, every calling of God has purpose and timing from him, including your call to be his, as the Lord works out his will among his people and in this world. But as I said, the big, big deal about Matthias is the fact that he was counted in because another was counted out. Matthias was an apostle because Judas turned aside. I can't know it for certain, but I imagine that that was a pretty humbling thing for Matthias, and that's good. Taking another person's place magnified that truth that we've talked about, that every calling from God is undeserved and is this wonderful surprise and gift of God's grace. And that's our reality too. Why are you in God's church? Why do you belong to Christ? The answer is, you are counted in because someone else was counted out. Jesus Christ, on his cross, bore our sin and our shame. And because of them, he was not only counted out, he was cast out. God rejected him. God punished him for the sin of the whole world. And by his exclusion on that cross, there was a vacancy for you and me. We deserved a place before God about as much as Judas did, which is to say not, as, not at all. But Christ makes it ours freely by his death for us. That speaks again volumes about Jesus and his real desire that all people should be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That speaks volumes upon, about the grace that he lavishes upon us and which faith clings so tightly to. In love for you, in love for you, Jesus said, count me out. That stretching wide his arms on that tree, you might be brought in by grace as a child of God, as a witness to his resurrection. We really don't know much about what happened to Matthias later in his life. 
Various traditions have him preaching the gospel in different places around the world. But wherever it is that he carried out his ministry, it seems clear that he fulfilled his calling as an apostle, bearing witness to Jesus' death and resurrection. And if tradition is, holds firm, he finally suffered death for the sake of the Lord who died for him. So two men, Judas and Matthias, one who was counted out, and the other who was counted in. In Judas, we have a real warning. Lest we too should fall away from Christ and choose a path that diverges from his will. And in Matthias, we have true encouragement to see the gracious calling of God in Christ that is ours. And in both men, though with different endings, we see the patient mercy and love of Jesus Christ who seeks the life of sinners and gives himself for us. I pray God Almighty gives you courage and strength and confidence in the high calling that you have received to follow Jesus. I pray that by his grace and strength you will continue steadfast in that calling all your days marveling at his goodness and mercy to you. And I look with joy to the day when those saints go marching in, when you and I will be in that number. Count us in, Lord. Count us in. The peace of God that passes understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast of God With Us. This program is brought to you every week by your friends of the Pittsburgh Tri-Parish Lutheran Churches and this radio station. Tune in again next week for more of Pastor Han's teachings on the Word of God. Until next time, May the Lord Jesus Christ, our God with us, always be with you.